Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the I See Old People podcast. The I See Old People podcast is an ongoing review of all things aging. I am your host, Dr. Bruce. I recently turned 60 years old, and this project has all been about what it's been like to age, what it's been like to grow older, what it's like to fit into society as a senior. Today is April 14th, 2020. Uh, we are into our fourth week of lockdown here in Norfolk County, beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario. As I always do, I'm coming to you from Storage Closet Studios in beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario, on the north shore of Lake Erie. It's a gorgeous day today, one degree Celsius. Uh, for all my American friends, that's just above freezing. But it's a beautiful sunny day, and uh, as I drove in from my home, I live on the other side of town, as I drove in from my home to my office, my office is empty, We are uh, my office staff is working from home, my office has been empty for four weeks now. I feel quite welcome to be back here in Storage Closet Studios. Uh, it feels welcome, it feels like something real. That, that was happening before this whole uh, madness. So um, there is something that, that is positive about it. When I do my practice words, if it is to be, it is up to me. Working wins when wishing won't. Speak clearly and smile with your voice. As I was saying those over and over again before I started the podcast, it was making me feel more and more grounded because it's hard to be grounded uh, after four weeks of having such a disruption in our lives. Uh, there are four of us living in my home right now, my adult son from um, Toronto and uh, my adult son as well who um, was living with us already before this started. So there's four of us now in the home. Are we getting along great? Uh, no, but we're not fighting. Um, we're managing to give each other space. Uh, we are talking when we need to. We are uh, spending some time together. Uh, we do play some cards every night, which is really, really nice. Uh, of course, we watch a little bit of TV together. It's been tough. And then this week in our quarantine in Ontario, they have gone and closed the trails and all the outdoor facilities. If there's one thing about Norfolk County that is truly the nicest and most beautiful thing about this area is our wonderful trails, the wonderful uh, views of the lake, the experience between nature. It's so, it's so part of living in Norfolk County. And it was really keeping my wife and I going because it, although we were practicing social distancing and we were being as careful as we possibly could, we were still getting out and walking for two or three miles every day on these gorgeous trails coming home feeling enlightened feeling uh, relaxed feeling calm and feeling ready to take on the day and then for some reason this overzealous local government of ours has decided that trails are a bad thing playgrounds are a bad thing we have over 40 miles of beaches in Norfolk County are all closed they even closed the pier down in Port Dover which is a regular spot for people to go down and park and have a coffee in their car and look out at the water they closed the pier so it's really uh, it's a frightening time it's it's definitely martial law there's no question about it we're being told not to leave our homes People are being harassed for walking with their children. Uh, <clears throat> I have a dog. Thank God I have a dog because I can at least use the excuse that I have to walk the dog two or three times a day uh, because I cannot just be holed up in my house. It is, uh, and I have, a, I have a nice home. I have a lot of room. 
I have nice food, I have good company. It's hard for me to complain. It's, it's belittling to me to complain. So I don't want to complain. I just want to tell you the reality of what it's like after four weeks of living in this type of situation. Closing the trails was really the, the biggest blow by far to us. So I'm going to take a look at a little bit about some of the content I want to talk about today. And first of all, I want to say thank you to Idaho. Idaho is my biggest listener base uh, by far. And it's grown tremendously over the last two weeks. Uh, I really think that uh, people in Idaho liked my freedom story. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the movie concept that I wrote after the, I wrote the short story Freedom. If you didn't hear me reading Freedom, uh, I do it in the last episode. So in the last episode, go back. The episode is called Freedom. It starts at the six-minute mark, and it goes to the 16-minute mark. So it's a 10-minute story. Uh, so welcome, Idaho, all my new uh, listeners in Idaho. I'm so glad you're listening. I got a really nice review from one of them here. Let me read this to you here. It's from Apple Podcasts, and the title of the review is A Project Worth Listening To. And then here's what the review says. Dr. Bruce's raw honesty is refreshing as he approaches the topic of aging and how he moves forward in his life. His pleasant demeanor and Canadian accent make each episode an enjoyable listen. And that was from Jacob via Apple Podcasts on April 1st. Thank you very much, Jacob. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, I, I love it. I never think of myself as having an accent, but obviously I do. And if you like my Canadian accent, then, uh, then that's great. And so welcome to all the people who have joined me from Idaho. Uh, Idaho, I love that little state with the little arm reaching up. I don't know what if they call that a panhandle, the way they call it down in Florida, the panhandle. But anyway, that's reaching up, and it's reaching up to the Canadian border, our little 45-mile border that we share together. I think all those people from Idaho were thinking, wow, we, we, we just got to stay connected to these great Canadian people, even if it's only a little tiny border, the smallest border between Canada and the United States is shared by uh, Idaho and uh, Alberta, I believe. Might be British Columbia. I'll have to take out a map. Anyway, the, the Canadian border with Idaho is only 45 minutes uh, wide, 45 miles wide, and it's the smallest one there is, but uh, there's a lot of love coming across that border, so I appreciated Idaho. But I also have to thank my, my, my listeners from Michigan, and I have some listeners in France, and then, of course, I have a few listeners in Ontario. So I did get some feedback as well from one of my Ontario listeners, and it was pretty interesting, whereas he... I had asked him if he thought the reading of the short story was good because I had never read before on, on the podcast. And I listened to it, and I, I really didn't care for it, but I'm, I'm my worst critic. So uh, he said it, it was fine. He said especially the beginning of it was good, and, he, and then he used a term that I, I had never really... I'd heard it before, but I never heard it in this context. He said, my timber changed. My timber changed partway through the story. Um, so my timber, I guess the way I was saying it, and, and I was getting emotional at the end of it. So I think that's what he meant by that. My timber changed. And then uh, I guess he was just doing stuff while he was listening. And then he had to stop what he was doing because my timber changed and he couldn't understand me unless he really concentrated. So that was an interesting thing. And that was a good feedback. And it was a good lesson for me. Uh, if I'm going to read a story, I maybe should get to the point where I'm not so emotional and uh, and then keep my my voice consistent so you know from beginning to end so I'm not a professional 
um, podcaster. I'm not a professional reader, so, and I'm not a professional epidemiologist, so I cannot, uh, I cannot keep talking about this this terrible thing that we're going through anymore. I, I just don't feel. I feel that everything I say a week from now or two weeks from now could be misconstrued. And I mean, you just have to listen to the experts. They've been wrong week after week after week. Uh, I'm really hoping for leadership from the American uh, government here. I know our Canadian government is, is absolutely useless. Uh, I believe it is, uh, it, it is no longer representing the needs of the Canadian people. Uh, I believe the American government has the Canadian people's uh, backs more than our own government right now. So I'm hoping that the American government uh, starts to open up their economy soon. I firmly believe, although I am not an expert in any way, and any advice that I give should not be taken seriously, I firmly believe they need to open up the schools. They must open up the schools this bug has to travel through the schools. It's the only way we're going to develop herd immunity. This ridiculous story of waiting a year for a vaccine is beyond ridiculous. We cannot even consider this type of a strategy. It is beyond me that the, the most powerful people in, our, in the United States are advising this type of uh, action. My advice, open the schools tomorrow. Protect the, protect the vulnerable, protect the retirement homes, protect the nursing homes, but get the kids back in school and get herd immunity built up on this thing the same way we do with herd immunity with every other virus that ever comes into our world. Well, I got to tell you, uh, yeah, uh, last episode, Freedom, was one of my most well-received episodes. So I was going to leave it at that. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about it, but I thought, well, I'm going to read you today the movie concept that I wrote that I had copyrighted with a W, W-R-I-G-H-T, uh, copyright, like the Wright Brothers, in 1994. Okay, so this is what I then sent to, uh, I sent this to three or four movie studios. I think three or four of them were returned to me unopened with a note saying our policy is not to open these things, uh, send it through an agent or don't send it at all. I was never able to get an agent. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, and then, you know, this story here is, it's pretty generic when you really look at it. So uh, anyway, but this was, this was me. This is what I sent in. It's going to be a little difficult to read because uh, it's in that dot matrix printed in 1994. It's, it's fading, literally fading off the uh, paper. Uh, movie concept, freedom, action, adventure, reality-based. This movie is set in the near future. Cities, geopolitics, appearance of people is basically the same as today. There are technological changes, but nothing too drastic. What you might expect from the information highway, personal computer world in 15 to 20 years. Remember, this was written in 1994. Lots of cyber kids, people very dependent on TV for information and entertainment. There is a very complex system of monitors directing people in hallways, bathrooms, at traffic lights. A very constant domineering computer monitor presence. The heroine is a strong, fit, independent mother of four children. The oldest is a son around 12. He is also strong and very bright. There are three younger sisters. The father, uh, the father slash husband is a natural healer who runs a large health center and an adjoining school. And of course, you know, 
if you've followed last week and, and you're falling to this point, I'm the natural healer. And I'm dead. I've been killed. The entire family is very healthy, health conscious. They live with nature. It is not a commune type place, but rather a large rural community. Their family is uh, only one of many who live in a more natural, peaceful environment. No drugs, back to nature. They live modestly and use technology, but they are not dominated by it. They believe that a strong, pure body is the best defense against disease, and they live by this principle. The community is happy and close-knit. This is in contrast to the large U.S. cities which have come increasingly under the control of the government American Medical Association Pharmaceutical Consortium. To set the tone for this development, a background would include two aspects. The decreasing health of the American people and the emergence of the super strains of antibiotic-resistant bacteria recently in the press called flesh-eating bacteria. In the early 2010s, a hospital in Texas, like the Humanotype chain, private and profit-based, over fears from the public, builds a huge residential complex attached to the hospital, completely self-sufficient and self-maintaining. The large dome was advertised as germ-free, and people paid heavily, giving over their entire savings to live forever under the dome. The first free dome is so successful that it is copied and enlarged in cities all over the United States. They grow in size to where they are becoming as large as cities and eventually consume the commerce and the political offices of government. Decisions are then made from within the domes. Distinctions are made between the people who live in the dome and those who do not. The government has total control, but it is in turn controlled by the AMA Pharma. Because the population in the domes actually becomes a population of patients, a willing and captive market for their drugs and procedures. This control also helps to eliminate the influence of the naturops. Naturops is a derogatory term used to describe people who choose to live outside the domes, by choice, not for financial reasons. The dome monitors constantly refer to the ignorant naturops. The public relations machines constantly infer that it is the throwbacks like our heroine and her community that are responsible for so many of the problems that modern medicine has had to overcome. The growth of the alternative care choices in the 1990s and the 2000s caused the concern and need to remove their patients from this bad influence. The monitors constantly warn people about the naturops. They are the new evil to fear. The people in the domes give constant thanks for their protected life. The story begins when the husband <clears throat> is accidentally killed. Or is he? The heroine is left with four children, debts, a school to run, etc., etc. The court moves in and takes control of her life. They strip her of all her assets and using her protection as a reason, they send her and her family to live in a freedom. Of course, like hotels, the domes have different classes of living conditions. Since she is a court order resident, she is sent to the worst type. Many similarities to a prison are evident. Her first experience is at the entrance sector. Like prison, lice showers, body cavity searches, always with the pretense, it's for your own protection. Next comes the medical exam. Very impersonal, very organized, and with a tinge of evil to it. She is injected with drugs against her will and forced to take tablets and prescribed a daily drug ration. She notices the people in the halls and rooms. 
quiet, staring, walking slowly. She sees a friend from her past who walks right past her in half a daze and half in fear of her approach. The people are in a Prozac stupor. The critical crisis arises when the medical exam of her children finds they have not been vaccinated. They are all immediately injected with numerous vaccines. They are all fine except the youngest daughter. She has a violent reaction, a severe seizure, an extremely high fever, and within minutes, she dies. The authorities just write it off with no emotion and turn the blame to the mother and the dead father for not having the children vaccinated. The mood goes from bad to worse. The mother and son are given sparse rooms with no windows and given menial jobs in the machinery that runs the dome. The girls are sent to a boarding school facility to be re-educated. The heroine and her son begin to uncover the conspiracy slowly. The people at the top living the good life, private jets to resorts, etc. She uncovers the big lies, the public relation machine and its lies. The residents are told they have the best nutrient-rich organically grown food, but she sees its source and it is overly processed, chemically altered food. The overall fear in this movie is the medical pharmaceutical control over the population's every concern their bodies, their education, their reading materials, etc. One of the constant public relations messages live longer, live germ-free. The heroine or her son uncover a very active morgue with major cover-up and disease very rampant within the domes. A recent study is suppressed that shows people outside the domes are stronger and more resistant to disease. The heroine and her son use their skills and their superior mental physical abilities because they've had no drugs, no previous exposure to the PR machine. They expose the cover-ups and the conspiracies. The action and adventure here could be supplemented by her being joined by other like-minded people from within or outside the dome. The climax involves the exposure of the cover-ups and a revolt by her group that spreads through the dome and her subsequent escape back to her community. All the while, her community has been driven underground and now they can emerge and live in true freedom. The world is saved, happy ending. And then I make a couple notes here. I feel this movie would be a big hit because the ideas and premises are extensions of fears and realities that people face right now. Video, computer, monitor dominance, medical, pharmaceutical power and control, government control of mind and body, increasing use of mood-altering drugs, growth of alternative healthcare fields, emergence of antibiotic-resistant killer. Well, I thought I had a winner there when I sent it in, but of course, you know, I was 35 years old. I was all, um, I didn't know the proper procedures. It wasn't like today when you could self-publish things and, and you could do exactly what I'm doing. You could start a podcast, go on the podcast, and read your idea. And then a few people, at least a few people in Idaho, are going to hear you and, and are going are gonna to listen to it. So... Uh, actually, you, you're the first people who have ever really heard that. I, I read it to my kids when I was young, when they were younger. My wife has heard it. I remember talking to a friend at a dinner party about it once and pulling it out, and, and she read it, and she thought it was really good. And that's about it. So, you know, five or six eyes have ever seen this. And now I've, I've read uh, both my uh, short story last week, Freedom, and now my movie Concept. Of course, there was no way for me to know... There was absolutely no way for me to know in 1994 that the degree of cell phone use, monitoring, um, internet, Wi-Fi, data, big data, 
like none of that was real yet none of that had started yet uh so that's why in my concept i always had the concept that the way they were going to do this to us is they were going to separate us from each other and that's where the dome came in the houston astrodome was my example of this first dome they used and then they just started calling them free domes after that so i had no way of predicting that they actually can separate us now without putting us into these giant jails uh, and the way they're going to do it basically is uh, they're going to use this crisis and they are going to uh, divide us into people who have been uh, treated or have been uh, gotten some type of uh, government okay that they have had this illness and that they have um, been through it and they are now fine everybody else is not going to have that certificate okay if you don't have that certificate what they're going to do when they open up the economy is they are going to say you have to have the certificate to go into this grocery store you have to have that certificate if you want to go to this health club you need to have that certificate if you want to ride the subway you need to have that certificate if you want to travel to the next province or state to visit your family. You need to have that certificate if you want to go to work again. You need to have that certificate if you, need to, if you want to go to school again and rejoin your classmates. You need that certificate if you want to get your government check. You are going to need that certificate if you want to run for politics, a political uh, power to, to run in a, an election. You are going to need that certificate for everything. And this is how people who do not follow the rules will be excluded from society. So they don't need to take us now and put us into the dome while everyone else lives outside the dome. I realize now that was a fantasy that would have worked incredibly well in our favor. The naturops would have been so much healthier, would have been so much so superior. The people in the dome would have kept getting sicker and sicker. Of course, that was my scenario because I want the, naturop the naturops to win. I am a naturop. I want my side to win. Right now, though, I'm not very hopeful that we can win. We need a knight. We need a knight in shining armor. We need somebody with reason. Somebody who can see how we are being manipulated as a society. Somebody to lead us out of this darkness. Is this, is this the, the words of a madman? You, you be the judge of that. I know I've been in quarantine for four weeks. I wrote Freedom in 1994. I have worked in healthcare for 35 years. What we are experiencing now is not normal. We are being manipulated big time. We need to come to some type of... We need to wake up and realize what is going on. Every day, I wait for some guidance from the United States. I think the United States is going to be the last sound of reason, and I'm hoping that it comes every day, every day. I hope today is the day when the President of the United States says, we're opening up for business again. 
We're starting the schools up. We're going to get over this thing the only way we ever do, and that's herd immunity, and that's by fighting it head on. And I, we need those words of leadership, and we need them sooner than later. Thank you so much. If you listen to the end, I love you. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy that people are listening to my podcast. I am sorry it's such a topic, and uh, it's an important topic, though. It's a really important topic, and everybody needs to talk about it. Our personal rights are being eroded every single day. Every single day, they're tightening the noose more and more and more. This is not the country. When I started this podcast in November of 2019, the world was a different place. Let's try to get back to to some semblance of normality. Let's open the schools. Let's start uh, caring about each other again. and, And let's start moving forward here. Thank you so much again for listening. Uh, If anyone ever wants a copy of Freedom, I can certainly send it off to you. I can scan it and and send it in an email to you. If you know of a venue that we could publish uh, Freedom or maybe get it out to a wider audience, let me know. I'm glad I came across it a couple of weeks ago. It's been an important part of my thinking in the last little while. And uh, that's where we are. Okay, so thank you for listening. Thank you for staying to the end. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. I'll see you next Tuesday. We'll see you NT.